SEP Fanfic Readings presents Aurelian by Biddy Blue Eyes. Chapter 16. Let's Not Be Brash. Hermione operated directly into the burrow and stood at the bottom of the stairs. Ginny, she called. Hermione, Molly greeted. Ginny's upstairs with Harry. They're in Ron's room. And Ron, she asked, noticing that his name was left out. He was already running really late for Bill, so when he heard Ginny was phoning you, he left. Mrs. Weasley said, looking rather nervous. They haven't told me what's happening, just that Hagrid met with Harry. Is everything all right? I really don't know, Hermione admitted. I'm here to find out. I... I'll take care of Aurelian. You just go up and speak with them, Molly insisted, taking Aurelian out of Hermione's arms. Hermione nodded in reply. Look, Aunt Molly, Helen gave me a muffin, he smiled. Hermione grimaced at the way Aurelian referred to her mother by her first name, but decided that it was not the time to discuss it. To save herself the time and energy of running up all the stairs to the top floor, she apparated outside of Ron's room. She quickly knocked and entered without waiting for a reply. Hermione? Harry asked in surprise. What are you doing here? Thought you were at your parents today. I was, but Ginny called, she explained. Harry sent a glare at Ginny, who crossed her arms in defiance. Hermione noticed that Harry's wand was gripped tightly in Ginny's right hand. What's going on, Harry? What did Hagrid say? Hermione asked. Harry didn't answer. He just stared at Ginny, looking rather betrayed. I'm going downstairs to see Aurelian, the redhead announced. Harry held out his hand for his wand, but she acted like she hadn't seen and left the room, still in possession of his beloved wand. Harry huffed in frustration and turned to Hermione. McGonagall had talked to Hagrid and let him know that Dennis was missing. He said that he had seen him and came to tell me in person. When? Where? Hermione asked hurriedly. About a week ago in Nocturne Alley. Nocturne Alley? Hermione worried. Yeah. So what is it you're planning? You just want to go there and look for him? Hermione took the same irritated tone as Ginny when she realized that he had been thinking. If that's where he was, then that's where I'm looking, Harry said with a scowl. That was a week ago, Harry. You can't expect him to still be there. And if you went back, that still doesn't mean you'll find him. Not to mention, not many people like you in that area. We have to think this through. Nocturne Alley is a dangerous place for someone like him. People there know when someone doesn't fit in, and they're not very kind about it. We need to figure out why he was there and hopefully find him, Harry argued heatedly. And how do you plan to do that? You can't just go around asking people if they've heard his name or seen the boy in this picture. She snatched a photo of Dennis off Ron's bed and waved it in front of him, again guessing at Harry's plan. If people find out we're looking for him, then it could put him in more danger and potentially ruin many of our efforts towards solving this whole thing. I can't do nothing! I'm not suggesting that we do nothing, Hermione contested indignantly. I'm suggesting that we look at everything we know and make a proper plan. We don't have time to waste. Who knows what kind of trouble he's in? Agreed. So let's start planning now instead of arguing. We still haven't looked at Fred's memories, and I still don't know exactly what Hagrid told you. Why don't we go back to my flat and see what we can come up with? Hermione suggested forcefully. Harry still looked fierce, but nodded in concession. Okay, well, I'll go see if Molly or Ginny can keep an eye on Aurelian for a little while, and you go see if Ginny's willing to give your wand back now. All right, he agreed. We can flew Malfoy as soon as we get to your place, then. Hermione's stomach did a flop at the mention of him. She still didn't know what to think of Draco and felt anxious about seeing him again. Okay, said Hermione as she walked into her living room with the pensive in her hands. Can you move that notebook for me, Harry? She nodded in the notepad and quill in the center of her coffee table, and Harry quickly moved them, seeing that the stone basin was very heavy in her hands. What's this for? Harry inquired, looking at the neat, loopy writing on the first page of the notepad. 
just a notepad to keep our thoughts on. That way we don't overlook important details that we think of, she explained. Good. It's a good idea, Harry agreed, setting it back on the table beside the pensive and taking a seat on the sofa. Malfoy said he'd be here in just a minute. Before Harry could finish, the fireplace chimed to announce Malfoy's arrival. What is it? What's happened? He asked hurriedly as he stepped out of the fireplace. Nothing. Harry, what did you tell him? Hermione asked a bit irritably. Nothing, just that we had new things to discuss and that we were going to start planning immediately, Harry answered. Hermione sighed. You threw him into a panic. I didn't mean to. Hermione's admonishment caused Harry to feel guilty. It's fine. Just what's going on? Draco asked, a little frustrated that he had still had no idea why he was there. Hagrid contacted Harry today. He saw Dennis in Nocturne Alley, Hermione informed him. We were just concerned and we wanted to look into this as soon as we could. Were you busy? Harry asked, because I didn't mean to interrupt anything. If you want... It's fine, Potter. I was only sitting down to lunch, Draco answered as he sat down in the armchair next to Harry. You haven't eaten then yet? I could make you something if you'd like, Hermione offered. Draco looked up at her as if only taking notice of her then. No, it's fine. I don't want you to... It's no trouble, Hermione interrupted. She remembered how he had told her quite spitefully that she should not trouble herself over him the first time they gathered in her flat. She was then rather embarrassed after she said it. Really, it's fine. I can just... Draco stopped, and both he and Harry looked at Hermione when her stomach grumbled loudly. You haven't eaten yet either, have you? Harry asked miserably. No, things didn't go so great at my parents. We were just sitting down to eat when Ginny called. I'm sorry, Harry said dolefully. I shouldn't have jumped on this like I did. I was just worried. It's okay, Harry. I'll just make us something really quickly, and we can... I told you not to worry about it, Draco said seriously. But... Perny, Draco called. There was a loud crack and a petite house elf, garbed in tiny pink pillowcase, appeared at Draco's side, smiling brightly when she saw him. There you are, master. Perny was wondering where you had gone without your lunch. Yes, I'm sorry, Perny, but I would like to take my lunch here, please. And could you bring another plate for Hermione? He requested politely. No, Hermione interjected firmly. I told you that I could make us something. I don't want you bothering your house elf for Granger. Draco interrupted her just as firmly. Harry closed his eyes, not prepared to deal with this. Perny has already prepared lunch. Don't you feel that it would be terribly rude and wasteful to reject it after the work she has already put into it? He said flatly, his eyes hard challenging hers. It's no trouble at all to Perny, miss. Perny is very pleased to serve Master Draco and his friend, the house elf beamed. Hermione quietly huffed at the indignity of the position Draco had put her in. Thank you, she quietly told the elf. Thank you, Perny. That is all. At Draco's obvious dismissal, the house. The elf disappeared. Wow, I wish it were that easy for me to send Creature away, Harry smirked. Crack! Master Harry is calling Creature? The wizened house elf asked as he appeared at Harry's feet. Harry sighed and sat back on the sofa, rubbing his temples. No, Creature, I didn't call you, he said, trying his best to hide his exasperation from the kind elf. Since Creature is here now, is there anything you are needing, Master? Creature asked, a large, hopeful smile accentuating his many wrinkles. No, Creature, I'm doing just... Crack! Here you are, Master. Perny smiled proudly with a heaping plate in her hand. Are you needing a table, sir? No, thank you. Draco nodded and accepted his plate. Perny? Creature asked in surprise. The other plate in Perny's hand was almost upset, but she managed to steady it. Relieved by her save, she handed the plate to Hermione, before looking at the house elf that had addressed her. Creature? What is Perny doing here? Creature asked curiously. 
Corny looked at Draco nervously, unsure if she should answer, as it was not a house elf's place to be seen or heard apart from completing their duties. Draco nodded his permission. Perny is bringing lunch for her master and his friend, Perny explained. But Master Harry has already taken lunch, Creature said, looking rather horrified. Is Master needing anything more to eat? Creature will be very pleased to bring Master Harry a... No, I'm fine, Creature. The food wasn't for me, Harry assured him. But how do you know Perny? Perny is Creature's niece, sir, Creature answered. Perny is the daughter of Creature's younger sister, Darvy. Perny proudly nodded. You're Darvy's brother, Draco asked in interest. Yes, Darvy, too, had served the noble house of Black. Her mistress was your mother, if I am not mistaken, Creature answered. Perny nodded again. Was? What happened to her? Harry asked, remembering the treatment Dobby had received in the Malfoy residence. Thank you, Perny. That is all. Draco dismissed the elf. Perny nodded and was gone. Why did you send her away like that? Hermione demanded. She was speaking with her... Granger! Draco fiercely interjected again, silencing the stunned but angered girl. I sent her away because her mother's death is still difficult for her, and I didn't want her to have to hear it discussed again. Perny needs to learn to accept her mother's death as Creature has done. Darvy had served her mistress well, and Perny should be proud, Creature said seriously. What happened to her? Harry asked, becoming more upset. He believed he would not care for the answer. The Dark Lord... Voldemort, Draco amended, killed her. Why? Hermione asked in outrage. Because he had no other qualms whatever with murder. Darby was my mother's house elf and served our home, meaning our guests as well. It seems that Voldemort did not believe she was fast enough in serving him and killed her. As is the natural way of things, Creature stated simply. The natural way of things, Hermione said in disgust. Yes, of course, Creature said, not understanding Hermione's attitude. When a house elf is too worn to be of service, it is the duty of the master to properly end the house elf service. Darvy was a good elf and served for many years. She had even seen that her mistress was given her child, so that it might serve the noble house of Black by way of Mistress Narcissa's son. So, when a house elf can no longer serve... Their master kills them? Harry demanded. Of course, sir. It is the natural way of things. Creature is prepared for such a time, and he too has an heir to provide his master, Creature said simply. What? Harry blurted out. You have a child? Yes, master. Creature has a daughter that shall pass on to you and your future heirs. Creature told him, looking at him warily as if wondering if this was somehow a test. You never told me you had a daughter, Harry said his eyes wide. He didn't want to see Creature die, but he had assumed that whenever he did, he would no longer have a house elf. Creature was waiting to tell Master for when Creature's daughter is of age to serve, Creature explained. But should Creature no longer be able to serve before then, Creature's daughter will be delivered by her mother. What? But I... Harry couldn't seem to be able to put his thoughts together. Creature looked around the room while Harry sputtered. Creature is sorry to be interrupting you, sir. If you are not needing anything, then Creature shall be returning home. No, wait, Harry said suddenly. I want you to clean the bed linens today. All of them, Master? Creature asked, his eyes shining. Yes, please, Harry said, still looking rather unnerved. It will be Creature's pleasure, sir. The house elf bowed and disappeared with a crack. That was one of the most horrible things I have ever heard, Hermione breathed. She fixed Draco with a hard, scathing look. Don't look at me like that. Draco ordered scornfully. 
My mother had never any intention of killing Darby. Neither Darby or Perny have ever been mistreated. And what do you consider the treatment of Dobby received in your home? Harry asked bitterly. Dobby was my father's house elf, not mine. I never did anything to him. My mother loved Darby and would never allow her to be treated that way. It was something my parents never agreed on, Draco stated. Your accusatory looks were making him quite angry and defensive. Just how many house elves do you have? Hermione demanded. Only Perny. My father had Dobby, who had allegiance to the Malfoy line. Darby served my mother and the Black family since my mother's birth. When I was eight, Darby made mention to my mother that she had just had a child. When I was ten, Perny was presented to me, and I have never mistreated her from that day till this, Draco replied. She started working when she was only two? Hermione exclaimed. She is now only twelve years old? Yes. You know, Granger, for someone who so fiercely protects the services of house elves, you certainly don't seem to know much about them, Draco quipped. House elves are not humans. They may be sentient creatures, but they are not humans and do not live or age like humans. At two years of age, house elves are the same stature as full-grown house elves, speak like grown house elves, and are nearly as skilled as grown house elves. I did not ask for Perny. Darvey presented her to my mother when she was two and told her that she was ready to serve the Black family and its descendants. If they age so quickly, Harry started, how old do they get? It's rare to see a house elf live past 60, Draco answered. How old do you think Creature is? He inquired uncomfortably. I really don't know, but I imagine getting rather close to that, Draco answered, his anger fading a little as he began to feel a bit of sympathy for Harry. He made mention of it. You can see he's preparing for it, especially mentioning his child to you. Wait, Harry said. If house elves start working at two years old, then creatures or child must be less than that. Isn't he rather old to be, um... House elves are not human. Even female elves can have children late in life. It's rare for elves to have children before they are 30. They usually only have enough children to fill a family's need, he explained. Are you saying that Creature felt it was his duty to provide me with a replacement? Harry looked flabbergasted. I'm assuming, yes, Draco answered. But who is his mother? Harry continued. I wouldn't know. House elves prefer their privacy in that area. I don't know who Perny's father is either. But when? Where? Harry looked so confused. Again, Potter, they prefer their privacy. I have tried asking Perny what she does in her off time, and she must answer, but she is evasive as she can be, and it upsets her greatly, so I've stopped asking. She has a right to her own private life. You give her time off? Hermione asked with surprise. No, house elves do not need to be given time off. They have enough time to do with as they wish, Draco answered. Hermione's eyes narrowed, and Draco continued. It makes them feel unwanted if you schedule time where they do not work. They have plenty of time to themselves, though. You don't really think that they can cook and clean every hour of every day, do you? Even in a house as big as mine, there's only so much that needs to be done that they make quick word of it with their magic. There are also many times when Mother and I are out and do not need meals, and we usually go on holiday twice a year, which means that Perny has very little or nothing to do in that time. Still, they're not paid. They believe they are below the wizards that they— Harry gently cut Hermione off. This is not the time for any kind of discussion— We've gotten very far from what we came here to do. Draco was grateful, but Hermione still looked a bit peeved. All right. Do you have Fred's memories, Hermione? Yeah, Hermione said quietly, summoning the vial from the top shelf of her bookcase. 
Nice to have a memory to view that shouldn't be scarring for once, Harry commented as he poured the memory into the stone pensive. Hermione and Draco nodded in agreement. Who wants to go first? Hermione and Draco looked at one another, but did not say anything. Without a word, Draco lifted his arm, shook his sleeve out of the way, and dipped one finger into the pensive. He gasped as he was pulled in, not used to the sensation. When he felt firm and safe in the memory, he took a second to look around. He stood in front of the cash register at Weasley's Wizard Wheezes, Hogsmeade location, a place he had only seen once before. It was the same building that was once Zonko's joke shop, and had the same basic setup, but the decorations and display were much louder and busier than Zonko's had ever been. Hermione stepped up beside Draco and was looking around also. Unlike Draco, she had been there several times before and was therefore looking for anything out of place. It looked quite normal to her. It was, as Fred and George had told them, the last Hogsmeade trip of the year. There were quite a few students walking around, perusing the merchandise, and not nearly as many as would normally be on a Hogsmeade weekend. That certainly had to do with it being the last trip of the year. Most students were attending the last outing, but not as many were drawn to the joke shop because they didn't feel as much need for joke items when school was not in session. Instead, most students could be fined at Honeydukes stocking up on sweets for the summer, or having a last butterbeer of the year with friends and the three broomsticks. Ouch! Watch it! George chuckled. Fred looked up and laughed. It appeared that he was trying to fix a reusable hangman game when the head shot off and hit George in his good ear. Whoops! Sorry, mate! Fred apologized. Merlin, what on earth did that kid do to this thing? He said that his cat got a hold of it, George informed him. Well, that would explain the scratches and bite marks, but not why I can't repair it and keep it together, Fred grumbled. I like making money doing repairs, but I'm not a miracle worker. There he is, said Harry, pointing out the tall, mousy-haired boy who stood in front of the skiving snack boxes. The three visitors started over toward him when he suddenly moved toward the register. He placed a size three pewter cauldron on top of the counter, and then started to unload the items he wished to purchase from the crook of his arm. Hey, if it isn't Creevy, Fred greeted. He stood from his stool and set the reusable hangman game upon it. Hey, Dennis, how's it going? George asked. All right, he shrugged, not looking very convincing. Wow, got quite a bit there, don't ya? George commented. Decoy detonators, puking pastels, two shield cloaks. Peruvian instant darkness powder. Planning on going out with the bang this year, Fred asked with a lopsided smile. Dennis returned the smile half-heartedly and gave a little shrug. This is your last year, isn't it? George asked. Happy to be leaving it all behind? I don't know, Dennis shrugged again. I think I might miss it some. Yeah, I know how you feel. We miss it too sometimes, Fred admitted. The fun, not the classes. It's good, though. You'll... Harry didn't get to hear the rest of George's speech of reassurance because Hermione interrupted. Harry, I can't see what's in the cauldron, she told him standing on her tiptoes to try and peer over the top of the cauldron on the counter. Excited by Hermione's idea, Harry stepped up next to her and stole a peek into the cauldron to have a look at the merchandise Dennis had already purchased around town. Standard potion refill and some other ingredients. I don't recognize them straight off. Let me see, Draco requested. Harry stepped aside and Draco peered in. His eyes narrowed as he analyzed the contents in the jars. Fluxweed for certain and boomslang skin, and, I don't know, some kind of powder. Light brown with flecks of white. Powdered dragon claw, maybe? Powdered bicorn horn? Hermione asked nervously. Yeah, it could be, said Draco. They're rather similar. Why? Do- He stopped when he noticed that Hermione looked frozen. He could see that her mind was moving quickly, and he didn't want to interrupt. He looked at Harry, who seemed to feel the same. Harry had seen that look of epiphany on many times, and knew better than to interrupt her thought process. It's Polyjuice Potion. I'm sure of it. 
If that is powdered bicorn horn, then he is most certainly mixing polyjuice, Hermione declared, looking anxiously at the memory of Dennis Creevy. Polyjuice? But what would he... It makes sense, Harry interrupted. Look at these shield cloaks. They're two different sizes, and both are too big for him. Harry pointed at the cloaks on the counter between the three boys still chatting mildly. Hagrid said that Dennis had physically run into him. He looked up in panic and ran off. The only other thing Hagrid could tell was that Dennis was wearing clothes that looked rather baggy on him. He was probably running away because the polyjuice had worn off, Miney continued for him. Draco stared at the boy while Fred Weasley packed all of his purchases into a bag and gave him one last warning about being careful around Filch. Dennis nodded, grabbed his cauldron off the counter, and left the shop. The three of them were surprised when they were suddenly pulled out of the pensive, but they landed gingerly on their feet. Harry returned to his seat on the sofa, and Hermione sat next to him. Draco stared at the bowl and thought for another moment before returning to the armchair at Harry's other side. Okay, said Harry, his mind still moving too quickly for him to verbalize his thoughts. Hermione picked up her notepad and her ever ink quill and quickly began to write as she spoke. So going over what we know and suspect, Dennis was in Nocturne Alley last week and is most likely using a polyjuice potion. Yeah, but why? asked Hermione. Meeting someone? Harry asked. Or looking for someone? Draco proposed. Hermione finished making the list of things and items that Dennis had purchased and was carrying with him, added a question mark next to the powdered bicorn horn and looked up at the boys who were watching her expectantly. I have a feeling that Draco might be right, she said finally. Harry, I'm not sure, it's just a hunch, but I think Dennis is doing this on his own. He's not under the Imperius curse, at least not at this point, and I'm not even sure he's being threatened. I just have this feeling that... What if he had seen something or someone and he's trying to take action on his own? Did you see the look on his face? In his eyes? He looked nervous, but extremely determined. I think he might have seen someone, probably a Death Eater, and is trying to take matters into his own hands. You think? Like revenge? Harry asked. Maybe, she said. He's just... The look in his eye reminded me a little of you. And that's why he was in Nocturne Alley, trying to find signs of Death Eaters, Draco asked. It's not a bad idea. There are a lot of rumors that float around there. Few, if any, have any truth to them, but it'd be a good place to look, especially if he already had some kind of information. So what do we do now? How do we find him there if we don't know what we're looking for? And do you think he'll go back? Harry asked. Hermione pursed her lips and ran the tip of her feather quill under her chin as she thought silently. Yes, I think he'll go back. The polyjuice potion takes over a month to brew, which means he had already started brewing it before we saw him in this memory. But if he had had to use the ingredients he bought then it would have just been ready before he used it last week. If he used that cauldron he bought, then he probably had a rather large store of it. If that is the case, which is a lot of speculation, then he probably has plans to be using it frequently for trips like that. Harry and Draco were both secretly impressed and grateful for her incredible powers of deduction and waited patiently to see if there was any more that she had to add. Hermione didn't seem to notice them as she was still lost in contemplation. We could go and just try to keep an eye out, but I don't think we'd get anything like that. We'll have to draw him out, Hermione said, looking disappointed but resigned about the prospect of such an approach. How? asked Harry. You have a plan, don't you? Hermione nodded slowly and uncertainly. She looked at Draco, and she thought and worried her bottom lip. I don't like that look, Granger. What is it? Draco asked, watching her suspiciously. If we're right, if he's looking for Death Eater activity, then we could draw him out with you, she said hesitantly. I think I'm liking this even less, Draco said, staring at her with narrowed eyes. You want to use me as bait. Well, yes, Hermione replied, feeling a bit guilty as the way he phrased it. 
Go on, Harry encouraged her. Well, if he's looking for Death Eaters, I'm sure that you'd stand out to him, Hermione told him as gently as possible. I don't mean any offense by that. It's just the truth, Draco finished caustically. I get it, but what is it you want me to do? Hermione took a breath of relief and continued. He may sound uptight, but he wasn't dismissing it, and despite his tone, he understood that she in no way wanted to insult him. I think just showing up and making yourself seen is bound to catch his attention. You rather stand out there, I expect. Not many people in Nocturnally dress very fashionably. Hermione blushed when she said this, realizing that she had just complimented his style. Draco lifted a suspicious eyebrow, wondering if she had said it to try to flatter him into doing what she wished, or if it had just slipped out. Then, when we feel like you've most likely been noticed well enough, we just have you start acting suspiciously. Well, in what Dennis would see as suspicious. And what does that mean in simple terms? Draco asked. Start talking quietly to a barman, Harry suggested sitting forward. This was a topic he knew well, as he had often had to recognize suspicious behavior. Go to Borgen and Burke's. They know you there and will act familiar with you. Buy something strange from one of the shops. Look around as though you're concerned that someone might see you. Appear overall nervous. Yeah, sounds like it would definitely draw him or someone like him out of the shadows. But I really don't fancy getting hexed for this, Draco said acerbically. And I'm not asking you to. I wouldn't make you go alone. In fact, I wouldn't let you go alone. I'll be there under an invisibility cloak the entire time, Hermione assured him. You? Harry asked disapprovingly. No, I'll go. No, Harry, I said me for a reason. After she said it, she paused. She looked like she was fishing around for the best way to explain what she was thinking. I don't know how to say it without offending you. Harry's eyes narrowed at her admission. I'm sorry, but you can be a bit impetuous and you know it. Hermione sounded miserably apologetic as she said it. You think I'm too brash, Harry said, sitting up straight and looking affronted. I love you, Harry, you know I do. There's no other person I would go to if I were in trouble, but you know that you have a hard time focusing if you're upset by something. Nocturnally is notorious for its shady characters and business dealings. I don't want you to get upset and lose focus. It's not that- She's right, Potter, Draco agreed. Meaning no offense, she's better for this. I don't know if you've tempered that temper of yours or not, but I do know that Hermione is very focused and observant. You know how much more she took from that pensive than you or I did just now. If we want to find this kid, we need to be sharp and observant, and she's better at that than either of us. Harry nodded. This was a fact that he could not dispute. All right, you're right. Harry, Hermione started apologetically. No, it's okay, Hermione. Everyone has their flaws, Harry stated in a low voice. And their talents, she said, not wanting him to feel bad about himself. He gave her a lopsided smile. She was a kind person, and he knew that she never meant to insult him. So you'll do it? Harry asked Draco. Yes. Good. When? Harry asked, looking at Hermione expectantly. Wait, Draco interrupted. I don't know what you think of this, but we might want to speak to Andromeda. The name felt strange on his lips. Though the woman was his aunt, he had seen her very few times. The time that stood out to him was when he had seen her in the pensive. Harry and Hermione waited for him to continue. In the pensive, we said that she had claimed to have seen Dennis. I know that it was about a year from now that she said it, and it might even just be something to lure us to her as she was under the imperious curse, but I don't think we should overlook it. No, I agree, said Harry. He might have had contact with her for some reason or another. It's best to gather all the information we can on him before we find him. Agreed, said Hermione. I'll owl her today, so long as she doesn't have any other plans, I'm sure she'll see us tomorrow, said Harry. Draco and Hermione nodded. 
Well, I guess we've done all the planning we can for today. Thank you both. Harry got to his feet and so did Hermione and Draco. I'll alert Andromeda now. You can use Orwell if you'd like, Hermione offered. Thanks, Harry nodded. Draco nodded to them and turned around toward the fireplace. He stopped suddenly and turned. Hermione. Hermione had spoken his name at the same time, and both of them were too surprised to continue what they were going to say. They stared at each other with bated breath, standing several paces from each other. Harry had stopped his walk toward the kitchen when they had both spoken, and stared at them uneasily. He couldn't understand what passed between them, but he could see that they were unnerved. Go ahead, Hermione offered. I just wanted to know if we could talk, he said in a low voice. Hermione nodded slightly, her insides twisting anxiously. Um, you know, I think I might just go back to Grimmauld Place and wait for Ron, Harry said slowly. I'll owl Andromeda from there. Hermione and Draco looked at Harry and nodded, not moving from their places. I'll contact you both when I've received her reply, Harry finished. He felt awkward as he made his way across the room and between the two unmoving figures. He purposely kept his eyes off of them as he threw the flu powder into the fire and disappeared into the flames. Um, well, do, do you want to sit? Hermione asked uncertainly. Draco nodded and sat back down in the armchair. Hermione sat down in the middle of the sofa, having it to herself. They glanced at each other out of the corner of their eyes and looked back down at their hands. Moments passed in silence as they both considered what they wanted to say, and even more what they were actually willing to say, if they had it in them to say anything at all. I'm sorry about yesterday, Draco said finally. I shouldn't have kissed you. Hermione did not look up from her hands. I won't say that I regret it, though, he pressed on. The last part sounded more forceful, like it took all his strength and courage to say it. Hermione looked up at him in surprise. Things are different between us. Confusing. I don't know what to make of what I did. I hadn't planned it. Hermione nodded. I know. We need to talk. Draco nodded. But what do we say? I don't know, she admitted, twisting her fingers in her lap. We both saw what we had in that pensive, Draco said slowly. We could have that. Hermione nodded. I... I want that. She paused, unable to believe that she had admitted it to him. But I don't know you. She looked up at him nervously. You're not the boy I knew in school, but I don't know that you're the man in the pensive. Draco nodded in understanding. I don't know you either, he stated. He looked up at her, a curious wonder. I want to. Me too, Hermione said quietly. There was another uncomfortable pause where they were both examined their own personal thoughts and feelings. Hermione swallowed hard and avoided his eyes when she spoke. Would you like to come over for dinner again? Um, not just to see Aurelian. She squeezed her eyes shut. She had never actually asked a man for a date before, except for the one time that she and Ron had given it a try, and she never felt as vulnerable. She found it difficult to breathe as she waited for his answer. Yes. When? he asked. Hermione breathed again, opened her eyes, and looked at him timidly. Tonight? Draco nodded. Will Aurelian be here? Yes, she answered. I mean, if that's okay. Yes, he said hurriedly. He wanted to get to know Hermione, but he was still wanted to get to know Aurelian, too. Half past six? Yes, she said. I think maybe we'll eat at seven. Okay, he got to his feet. I, um, I'll see you tonight, then. Hermione stood with him and nodded. He nodded again, unsure if there was something else he should say. Coming up with nothing, he turned silently and disappeared in the fireplace. Hermione took a deep breath. She could not believe the conversation she just had. She was extremely nervous, but also a little excited. The nervousness went out, though. 
She looked down at the dinner plates that had been left forgotten on her coffee table. She felt bad that they hadn't eaten them, but hoped Draco wouldn't come back for them because she didn't think she was ready to see him again so soon. She took the plates into the kitchen, moved the food into storage containers that she put in the icebox, and washed the plates. She opened the icebox again and began to ponder what she should make for dinner. No matter what she decided to make, though, she knew that she wouldn't have to debate about what to wear. That night, she would most certainly dress nicely.